You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 107. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We would also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. If you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Spotify. Uh, please give us your money. Uh, that's literally all I have to say. Uh, I mean, go, we like money. Co- yeah, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? Right, go, go to Ko-Fi, uh, get your monthly salary, and yeah. transfer well, it across. Well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> Pay your rent first, <laughs> and then give us some of the rest. This is just a joke. Right? <laughs> um, in the spirit of giving and holiday season, um, no, uh, in all seriousness, if you can't afford to give us anything, don't worry. Um, we, we, to be honest, only so. Yeah, you can like for week. free. Likes are free. Yeah, yeah, like you can share for free. You can tell mm-hmm. your friends for free. You can do all those free things. And yeah. then give us your money. <laughs> uh, so we have a Ko-Fi set up and you can just tip us a couple of quid, a couple of dollars, whatever takes your fancy. And mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate all. So yes. mostly mostly we just appreciate actually people joining in and having fun and yeah. uh, hanging out with know, us. Hanging out with us. So uh, we do a lot of that hanging yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. DC Comics, DC Good Studios. God, it's it's not just like the comics though. It's like it's it's this whole like Warner Discovery merger. Like HBO Max is apparently disappearing. Uh, you've got all of these leaks that are coming out. James, everybody's blaming James Gunn for everything, and James Gunn is like, "Wait a minute, man! I just like, I just got this job title. Like, it's still shiny." I mean, yeah, James Gunn, like everybody loved James Gunn. Like they yeah. got him back. Everybody went nuts. They got him back at Marvel for Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah, the way it's going at the moment, he might be back for going to the Galaxy 4. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he's been appointed head of DC Studios, mm-hmm. uh, along with that other guy. I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> that other uh, guy. Sorry, yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name. <laughs> but no one's ever mentioned him. They're just talking about James Gunn. And uh, anyway, like the news in the last seven days has, uh, has gone insane. Yeah, it's been uh, all over the place. Michael Keaton cancelled Batman Beyond movie. Which... Uh, really burns me like that just hurts me so bad because i've wanted i have been wanting a batman beyond movie for a decade there's no reason why that still couldn't happen like yeah so even if so if they do decide to get rid of dcu if they do decide to scrap all of michael keaton's various pop-ups that may or may not have happened in the cancelled batgirl movie and the uh cancelled whatever whatever's you know like you could still do batman beyond as a sequel to batman returns yes uh, i mean they they did it with uh jamie lee curtis how many times they brought jamie lee curtis back and said look guys can you just ignore the previous bunch of movies like you know for halloween you mean uh, like, yeah for halloween yeah. <laughs> and um so yeah if they've done it with jamie lee curtis and the halloween franchise why couldn't they just say look look you know uh james gunn um you know, we've got this James. Joker film. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they don't call him James Gunn. Uh, uh, Listen, uh, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they call him Jimbo? <laughs> uh, Jimbo, get your shit together. <laughs> you got a, you got a world to build, man. Well, apparently they're also scrapping everything that they've already done with the DCEU. And he's like, I still want a shared universe, but I'm going to start over. But he also came out and said that because there had been a whole like hubbub about what what do you mean like all of this stuff is changing 
you guys pulled Henry Cavill from The Witcher, and now you're telling us that the DCEU is totally restructuring. And James Gunn was like, no, no, no. Superman is still a priority. And Henry Cavill as Superman is still a priority. But everything else, who who knows? Who knows? I'm All I can say is I'm excited that they did not cancel the Blue Beetle movie. I am very excited to see what they do with a Jamie Reyes character. So... I don't know. I, you know, it's just sometimes it feels like it's just getting harder and harder to keep defending DC. Um, so the other news was Wonder Woman 3 cancellation, which has had quite a positive response. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Right. And and if you ever want to talk about how to ruin a franchise, please, by all means, watch Wonder Woman 84. Because watching Wonder Woman 84 after the first Wonder Woman film, it's just like, how are these made by the same people? Like, none of this makes any sense at all. Well, Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman was just so good. Yeah. Like, I've rewatched that film so many times. And yeah. then And then we have Wonder Woman 84, which I've watched twice. That's and two times did... too many. <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't, get, it didn't get better with the second No, film. it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, it, it makes even less sense the more you see it. It's just but, yeah, like so all these rumors going around basically that DCU is apparently coming to a close. Yes. And we've got we've got obviously Blue Beetle coming out, we've got Shazam coming out. Are these the sort of final films? You know, the Flash is coming out. And are they, Which of the all the freaking things that DC has canceled or let go of or all of that stuff, like we are still getting this Flash movie. I just I can't even like it doesn't. If James Gunn is gonna be announcing that these films are coming to a close. Then why not just bin them? I know they spent a load of money on them and DC probably doesn't want to throw money away. Apparently but they like, do. They threw a whole movie away. That was already done. Oh, back deal, yeah. But why don't we just throw them all? If the plan is actually that the DCU is done, why not just just stop? Just, just you know, like, just get rid of them all now. Like, you know, um, and a lot of people have got this theory that the Batman um, is going to be the new shared universe. Now, I don't know how, you know, this is all becoming so much theory now. Mm-hmm. James, James Gunn, or Jimmy, as his friends call him. Uh, his, his friends at Geeks Unleashed. His, he might not have any friends this time. This is all done. Uh, so was it... Uh, That's, all right. That's all right, Jimbo. You can come on our podcast and explain yourself. Uh, she's at the guy who plays Shazam did say, if I'm not part of these future plans, we're not friends anymore. So, oh, I do love but, Zachary uh, Levi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I felt like some honesty in there. But yeah, it just sat... Do you know what? Like, every time you hear about DC, like we've got this 10-year plan. Yeah, three years no, later, they don't. go, okay, okay, we've realized we've cracked it up. We've got another 10-year plan three years later. We've realized we've can, got another Can we get it like a one-year plan? plan? Can we just, right. can we start small and like baby step our way to a 10-year plan? <laughs> I don't know why they can't just like, you know, I know you could use Marvel as, as, a, as a good blueprint here. But look, you know, when they made Iron Man and the Hulk, mm-hmm. initially they actually made those as two separate films. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then somebody clever said, actually, why don't we put cameos in both those films that link them? Mm-hmm. But cameos, it doesn't change the plot. Yep. It's not massive world building. Yep. It's, still, it's a thing. Know. It's a thing. Like you get a shield in Hulk. That's what yeah. you get, a shield. Right. So, you know, Tony Stark shows up at the very end of the Hulk. Yeah. But Samuel Jackson shows up in the post credits of uh-huh. Iron Man. Doesn't affect the movies. And, um, and then, even, and then even, even if you do... DC, Man of Steel was a good standalone film, which actually, if you look at Batman versus Superman, how they incorporated that, Batman versus Superman 
wasn't a perfect film, but it was a good second step to build to a world building and actually overlaying um, Batman's introduction by showing the fight scene of Man of Steel, I thought was very clever. And I'd seen someone yeah. on YouTube actually <clears throat> edit those together. Um, and I think they, they edited it together. The scenes from Man of Steel and Ben Affleck driving towards his building were, mm-hmm. were done really well. So I thought those were all done, you know, done really well. And uh, All of those action. little cameos of yeah. introducing the rest of the Justice League was also done really well in Batman versus Superman. I thought that Batman vs Superman was a good um, first attempt at world building, and they done it really well. That Man of Steel was a good uh, sort of standalone film, yeah. And then having Man of, uh, Batman vs Superman was a good second step. <laughs> Unfortunately, where it went wrong, and I know it's not um, uh, Zack Snyder's fault, obviously, but DC should have been patient and they should have allowed Zack, um, Zack Snyder to do, you know, go through his family grief. Mm-hmm. and then come back and finish Justice League. Uh, handing it off to another director was just impatience on their part. So, But that, but that is yeah. their, that's their, like, I don't know, that's their mojo nowadays. It's, it's, like, it's their motto, ev- isn't it? Yeah, like they rush through everything. And it's like, DC, honestly, there's a reason for you to do this. Like you literally own the rights to Batman. Batman is one of the biggest names in the entire freaking universe. Nobody is going to, in 10 years, nobody's going to be like, oh, there's a Batman movie coming out. Who is this character? I've never heard of it. Like you're not, it's not like you're going to lose your audience. Your, your mm. characters are too popular. Just freaking uh, wait and do it right. Also, I was going to say like, um, oh, then I think what they did when they did the little cameos at the end of Batman versus Superman, I honestly think they should have waited for the Justice League movie. They should have then done solo Ackman, solo Wonder Woman, solo Cyborg film, um, you know, potentially even a solo Mount Martian Manhunter film, and then done the Justice League. Yeah, that's what they should have done. They should, and they should, they should have done it the way. You know, I know we all go back to Marvel, but Marvel phases one to three of Marvel were perfect. You know, there's probably the odd little thing that wasn't great, but generally they were. Perfect, or the Dark World. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually thinking of the Thor films. To be honest with you, other than the third or Thor film. They've all been pretty terrible. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and I've, even Chris Hemsworth has realised that himself. He's said it himself. He's not coming back now unless they they change it up. He's done with the four films. Well, so. okay. Now I have uh, I I do enjoy Chris Hemsworth, but I take issue with his issue. Uh, my my, and this is totally personal. Um, you know, but Chris Hemsworth is the funny guy. Okay, that is what he is best at. But Chris Hemsworth doesn't want to be the funny guy anymore. And it's like, but that's that's where your strength is, dude. Like, I know you want to be like this great actor, but like you're no Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Like you are the guy that has excellent comedic timing, and that's what you should work on. Not necessarily because like he was really good in extraction, the Netflix yeah, original. Yeah. I'm but not, I'm not, like I'm not saying that, yeah. Anybody could have played that part. There was absolutely nothing special about what he brought to the role. He did it mm-hmm. well, but it's like, well, now you're just like another blonde generic action guy. You know what I mean? It's not it's not the same thing as you being funny and charismatic as Thor versus you being some other white dude with a gun. I, I, yeah, we'll talk, you know, actually, we'll talk about Chris Hemsworth playing Thor, but anyway, come back to DC, DC Studios, there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of speculation. Some some of it people believe is genuine enough to be doing news reports. Obviously, we've put a few on our Instagram. 
um, about sort of cancellations and mm-hmm. stuff like that. <clears throat> Batman Beyond, I would like to have seen. I really think they, they need to give Michael Keaton. Do you know, I watched Batman Returns the other day, and Michael Keaton probably is the best Batman, then Christian yeah. Bale. Then yeah. Christian Bale. He is um, hands down my favorite Batman of all time. I mean, I love Kevin Conroy, but I'd have no Michael Keaton is my put, favorite. Yeah, I'd have no problem if they did Batman Beyond as a sequel to Batman yeah. Returns. Yeah, because Bat- Keaton would be a perfect crotchety old man. Like, yeah, he would be he, perfect. Do you know, do you know, like I, I, they could have even taken bits from Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, but just not really addressed them. They could have, they could have, you know, Chris O'Donnell could have, could have been Robin, you know, they, but not in a sense that he's still around, you know, or yeah, like, or you know, they could have had him as a Nightwing, yeah, like you know, but, but and or it's I a perfect think, opportunity to bring in Red Hood. Oh, I was going to say, like yeah, all those things, you know. Um, I think if they'd have brought Chris O'Donnell back as Nightwing and they could have had it separate, if they were going to carry on with this separate Joker, why not just, even if you create this new DCEU, why, people would have loved a Batman Beyond franchise. Yes. A, they they yes. would have done. I can tell you now, it, it would have done well. Like, yeah. You, you because you're, you're touching your... on the nostalgia of, of the biggest part of your base, right? Like, we at this the Batman with Robert Pattinson like that's what the third reboot of Batman that we've had in the past 15 years like yeah we we don't need another we don't need another character reboot we need you to pick a character and evolve that character that's what we need Uh, yeah at this point I'd even be happy if they went to Christian Bale and said look man we're going to launch a new DCU (laughs) and it's going to be built around your old franchise (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I honestly don't want another Batman. If they're going to do a new DCU, I want them to somehow get Ben Affleck to smile and <laughs> suck, suck it up uh, and say, look, I'm going to rejig the current look, DCU. He threw a tantrum because they told him he couldn't write his own film anymore. Yeah, well, so, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. When you sign up to these worlds, then yeah. you've got to suck up that you're an actor playing a role. Yes. Like, they might allow some creative input, but yeah you can't write it direct it and star in it like that and and sing the theme tune no you can't no you can't do all that man relax (laughs) they they sort of so let him like at the beginning gone oh my god (laughs) and like jennifer lopez sings the harmony (laughs) oh god oh my (laughs) benifer yeah the return of benifer she comes in as Catwoman. Yes! Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez as Selena Kyle. Oh, my God. I would watch that movie. I think we're not actually helping this cause. But anyway, I just want them to stick. Like, just build something around Michael Keaton, yes. Ben Affleck, Christian Bale, or um, oh, the Twilight guy. Oh, I forgot his name. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Robert Pattinson. Uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> the Twilight. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think uh, it's past your bedtime. You got a case of the giggles, man. <laughs> uh, I don't even have a drink. Anyway, um, the Easy Studios. Ben, James Gunn, Jimmy, look, hurry up, yeah, get your Jim, announcement on, out, please. Get, get your plan, please. I'm, just, I'm fed up with the speculation. Something. Just to yeah. make an announcement. Just say, yeah. look, this is what's going down. Stop. It. I know he keeps jumping on and like, I think he's loving it. Oh, look. Oh, some, yeah. of what, some of what you guys know is true. Some of it isn't true, and none of it's true, and some yeah. of it might be. And it's like, look, Jimmy, look, don't just, be cheeky. You know, well, just just get on with it and just tell us what's going on. So. Also, be sure to call Ray Fisher and bring back his cyborg, 
please. Well, if they're going to do DCU, yeah. Right. If they're actually going to stick with the current Zack Snyder verse and make it the, the Jimmy verse, then. Because, yeah, I mean, they could, because he also said something about even if they don't move forward with a Wonder Woman 3, like he's still very interested in keeping Gal as Wonder Woman. So I think what it was is like what I got from the kind of announcement was they didn't like Patty's treat, Patty and Jeff John's treatment for Wonder Woman 3. It doesn't yeah. shock me that they didn't like it. Yeah, given <laughs> given the second one, like I, I don't know. I just I just I cannot comprehend how was we it, was, get was, from the first movie to the second movie. It makes no sense to me. It was Wonder Woman 1994 this time. Chris Pine returns again. I and and honest, I'm I love Chris Pine, but I am sick of Steve Rogers. No, not Steve Rogers. Steve, Steve Rogers. Uh, uh, Steve, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve the other Steve. Yeah, the, yeah. the other military guy, Steve. It's funny that they both Chris is playing Steve's. Yeah. And, uh, so um, no, I do you know there's no need for Chris Pine to have been in Wonder Woman eighty four. Oh, I would have been more than happy with him. And um, and this is actually my new argument. Even if they brought him back, they just not brought him back. You didn't have to cut bring him back in somebody else's body. That was just weird. Uh, anyway, nine eighty four was just. With the yeah, mess. It's awful. It's awful. Ac- do you know what though? Like, let's put Aquaman was good. Uh, Shazam was good. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, Snyder Justice League was good. I think Man of Steel was really good. Batman, Batman vs. Steel was good, except for Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> uh, you and Jesse. Jesse. I don't like. I don't like Jesse Eisenberg. No, he's good in the Social Network. He plays an asshole well. Well, so, I mean, yeah. no comment. <laughs> Some people play themselves. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Some people are very good at it. What can you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, should we move on? Yes. <laughs> In short, DC. Get it, get it together, please. For yeah. the love of God, please. You know, I feel like if we're doing this podcast in 10 years, we should listen back to this episode in 2000. Uh, 32 and be like dc comics still not getting it together yeah in fact <laughs> we're not even going to have a new discussion we're just going to replay the same discussion from 10 years ago and uh, it is all still valid well we're going to soundbite episode <laughs> yeah. one seven, like, <laughs> like, like, <gasps> men in black 3 2012 mm-hmm. based on men in black by Lowell cunningham written by eton cohen directed by barry sonnenfield Starring many people, uh, Will Smith, hardly any Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> Josh Brolin, uh, Jermaine, uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Clement, Michael Stuberg or something, and then, yeah, there you go. Emma Thompson, released in May 25, uh, sorry, 25th of May, confuses me that you went that the other way around. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I'll write it the British way next time. 25th of May 2012 in the United States. Running time is 106 minutes. Budget is 225 million US dollars and it made 624 million US dollars. That's a good return, I think, especially for third film. That's a lot of money. This film made more than the first film. So, summary uh, IMDb summary because it's brief. Uh, Boris the Animal. What a great name. The old enemy of Agent K escapes from prison and travels back in time to kill younger K in order to allow his species and rule a ruthless alien race known as the Boglodites to attack Earth. The force 
This forces Agent J to go back in time and team up with Kane's younger self to save his partner and the world. All right. So my little bits of trivia that I have here. Uh, it is not necessarily uncommon, but it is definitely not always the case that sequels, and especially the third uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a franchise, to make more money than the first film. Can you, Mark, think of any franchises where the latter film has made more than the original? Oh, you lost your sound. Hello? Oh, there you go. Uh, the latter film. I mean, I reckon the Harry Potter's made more towards the end. Yes. Uh, Lord of the Rings, maybe? Ooh, I didn't have that one on here, but maybe. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the ones that have the biggest uh like balloon difference are some films that like they had the original in the 80s and then the sequel came out when technology got better like yeah. one of the biggest 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 jumps is top gun to top gun maverick oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh what about the um that, that stock market one the uh, wall street uh oh crap with the guy they did the two wall street ones didn't they they did the print the, uh, the original in like the 80s and then they did it again Hmm. I don't know that one. Uh, I've not oh, seen the original Wall Street. Yeah, no, that, that I was wondering. Yeah, I, I wonder if, what about Superman Returns? Did that make more money than the originals? It wasn't on any list that I saw. Okay. Um, Dark Knight did a lot better than Batman Begins. Okay, um, I can see that. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, did 400% <laughs> better than the original Man of Mystery. Oh, wow. Um, another really, really big one was Despicable Me. Despicable Me, the first film, made almost a half a million. But the third film, Despicable Me 3, made over a billion dollars. Wow. What about the Groot, the, uh, the Rise of Groot? How much did that make? Um, not as much. Oh, I, did, okay. I didn't have it on my list, but definitely not a billion dollars. Terminator 2 is another big one. Terminator 2 made... $519 million, whereas the first Terminator only made $78 million. That's a 665% wow. increase. Wow, that's a huge difference. The biggest, biggest, biggest jump ever is a movie that you probably never, ever would guess, but it is The Boondock Saints. So that, that first Boondock Saints was a really, really poor showing in theatrical release. It only made $30,000. But Boondock Saints 2... All Saints Day made 10 million. And so even though 10 million is not a very big number, it's still a 33,000% difference with the sequel making 33% thousand more than the original, which I thought was wild. Any others? Uh, Bad Boys for Life was the third Bad Boys film and it made more, 352% more than the original Bad Boys. Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2 made um, almost 200% more than Lethal Weapon. And Blade know. Runner. What about, Lethal, what about Lethal Weapon 4? Ooh, I didn't get the numbers on 4. Oh, okay. Didn't get the numbers on 4. Um, and then the last one I had was Blade Runner. So the original Blade Runner 
made 41 million and then Blade Runner 2049 made 259 million. Uh, but even though it made $259 million, it was still considered a flop, <laughs> which is crazy. Anyway, it's possible for sequels to make more, but I was shocked when I looked this up and like when I was writing down the numbers, cause I remember we, I mean, we just did the first film last week, but I was like, damn, I didn't realize that the third movie made more than the first movie. Crazy. I, I'll be honest, I didn't say, I didn't, I mean, it's a nice little segue here. I didn't I ever watch the uh, third film. Um, so I remember the plot of the third film where I knew that Will Smith went back in time and worked with mm-hmm. a younger Tommy Lee Jones character. And I was like, nah, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> Literally, I was like, I'm not, I thought, I thought if the most, if Tommy Lee Jones, I actually thought if Tommy Lee Jones isn't really in this film, I'm not bothered. Um, so I, I like so I just wrote it off. Well, no, I'm not interested in seeing a film where it hasn't got the, yeah. the partnership of the the duo. Um, yeah, the duo. I, I knew it was going to have the duo, but it's going to have a different uh, relationship where um, obviously be a different actor. But I thought this is this is crap. Before. I'm not interested in this. If Tommy Lee Jones is going to be like in the first ten minutes and the last couple of minutes, because I, I thought I'd assume that most of this is going to be in the past. So I just never bothered to watch it. Yeah, I, I loved watching the first two when they came out. Um, they were films I enjoyed. Like I think we said, you know, in the last episode, we rated them higher from original watching to watching them now. But I was not interested in uh, watching this because I was like, no, this is just not not my thing. It's really weird to hear you say it made more. So um, I honestly think that the third film is miles and miles better than the second film. I yeah, honestly I, disliked the second film, but this third film was really good. So yeah, like I think summarize my own thoughts here. Like I'm actually shockingly really enjoyed this third film. Yeah. Like, I was really taken back by how much I liked it. I'm still I went online and I couldn't find any real reason, like other than what I'm assuming is plot, for the fact that Tommy Lee Jones' character is hardly in the film. I wondered mm-hmm. if maybe he was busy, he couldn't really commit, so they wrote a script around him not I just couldn't find any particular reason did, did you find any reason or do you think it's I, no but I think it's I think it's personal I think at that point Tommy Lee Jones was just like I'm too old for this shit like I'm not interested in putting in you know three months worth of work on a film set so if you want me you got to figure out a way that we can film all of my shit in eight days and I'm out <laughs> but yeah I, he didn't seem I couldn't find anything there's no real sort of article about how oh, Tommy Lee Jones wasn't interested in the third film yeah or, I couldn't literally couldn't find anything. So, I, what I did find out though, <laughs> so the so, so yeah, sorry, coming up to my <clears throat> thoughts. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought mm-hmm. the relationship between Tommy Lee Jones and um, uh, Josh Brolin's um, you know, younger agent was um, actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. I it almost felt like an origin. So, you know, Scream 3, as they say in it, a true trilogy goes back to the first one and tells you something you didn't know at the beginning. Yes. This was a true trilogy film. It, it brought <clears> back <throat> something you never found out uh, yep. that we didn't know in the very first episode, or sorry, very first movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, that actually J and K met and knew each other before the first yeah. film. And oh, it was great. like, it calls back to when Will Smith was, well, when Jay's character was talking about his absent father. And Tommy Lee Jones said, don't do that. Your father was a good man. And he and Jay is like, how how the hell would you know that? He wasn't there. Like, well, I, I don't remember that scene for the first one. I'll have to yeah. go back and rewatch it. But I, <clears> I, I love the fact that he comes back into the diner at the end of the film, <clears throat> puts down the watch and 
was like, thanks, man. And he's like, you know, sort of don't mention it. And, yeah. And I just thought, what a nice way to finish these films off. There's yeah. kind of no need. Because I, I, I did read, when we talk about the fourth one, I did read that they didn't feel a need to bring back what's next for Tommy Jones, the fourth one, because they felt yeah. like their characters had come to an end. And I thought it was a really good dynamic between these two mm-hmm. to show, actually, whilst they drive around, they don't talk a lot about all day. Yeah. How they actually generally do care about each other. Yeah. And, and it's constantly hinted at, even back in the past, where... Well, Smith kept saying, you know, you're a lot easier going now. You, yeah. you, you, you know, and, like, and even he kept saying, well, whatever it is that happened hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But actually we do get to see what happened. So, yeah. and I just, yeah, I thought actually, sh- shockingly, I really liked the movie. I was quite taken back by a film that I'd been put off by not wanting to see because Tommy Jones didn't have a bigger role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was quite, uh, I would definitely say I have this up there more than two on par with one. You know, uh, but when I was researching, Zed wasn't in this movie because he was arrested for being in a bank robbery in real life. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> like the guy who played Zed. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> My face is turning red. Rip Torn was arrested for being part of a bank robbery. Find me that article and read it to me right now. Like, okay, hold on. I haven't, I didn't I, say that. I will Is wait. Like, okay, I, okay, while you're looking for that, I'm gonna tell you what I thought about the movie. So, <clears throat> this movie, I remember watching it the first time and I remember hating the villain because I was just like, this guy is a really weak villain. And I just thought that the villain himself wasn't very. <laughs> I don't want to say likable, but like he just wasn't, he didn't capture my attention, but like the story that they're telling and when Jay goes into the past and Agent K and how cheeky Josh Brolin is as K, like I really, really liked getting to see K's background. Um, But also like I was shocked at how much heart they put into this film. So I found the article, this is from uh, The Guardian, March 2010. Headline, Rip Torn in court for breaking into his home in speech marks he thought was his home. Uh, so break, sorry, breaking into a bank he thought was his home. Uh, That's some Robert Downey uh, Jr. shit. That's what got Robert Downey Jr. arrested. He broke into someone else's house because he was so high he thought it was his own. Film and TV actor found asleep and intoxicated in bank branch and asked police what they were doing in his house. <laughs> Uh, the veterinarian, uh, or veterinarian uh, Hollywood actor Rip Torn is due to appear in court today on charge of breaking into a bank with a loaded gun. Uh, anyway, it goes on and on. And on. That so, is too funny. In, in a court appearance last month, his attorney told the judge that his client needed help with his alcohol abuse and that he could start treatment immediately. Torn was released on £100,000 100, bail and was told by the judge to undergo an evaluation for substance abuse. Um, well, wow, this photo of him looks not good, right? Uh, so, wild. Yeah, I, I, I did know, not uh, know that. I did so not that, know that so at that, the time. That is why he wasn't in the third film. Hence, Emma Thompson is now O, and has taken over the role. This is why they kill him off. Now, yeah. I think there was also some sort of contractual obligation. They weren't allowed to recast. Hence, why they went back in time that they couldn't have a different actor playing Zed, like a younger Zed. Mm-hmm. So, if you notice, when they're back in time, they don't show any real boss in the uh, yes. MIB. So and I, I'm assuming that's because they couldn't have a younger Zed 
play the role because mm. essentially that would be a recast where they must have obviously got Tommy Lee Jones permission to essentially recast Tommy Lee Jones in the past. Mm-hmm. So uh, they kill him off pretty quickly. And oh yeah, he's dead when the movie starts. Like they're literally going to his funeral. <laughs> but this is what I think in a way, this is quite clever writing. So I love Tommy Lee Jones. He goes up to the front and says, look, uh, I've known Zed for 30 years. And in that 30 years, he shared nothing personal about himself. He never pauses. invited me to his house, never yeah, went to yeah, dinner. Yeah, 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 I like it. So he pauses and then Tommy, um, you see Will Smith thinking, okay, now he's going to come in with the punch, like the emotional punch, like, but however, you know, he's a great guy. You know, Literally, Tommy Lee Jones just stops, walks off stage. And so Tommy Lee Jones is like in the car going, look, man, if I die, you need to really like, you know, suck it up. It's like, and, I need a little bit more than that. You know, I need more than that. <laughs> but actually, like, you think about it, that plays then into the relationship and the tone for the for the rest of that movie. That actually Tommy Lee Jones has got it in him about Will Smith's character. That yeah. he actually probably has kept an eye on him from afar. Yeah, and and, and Will Smith finding that alien was allowed, allowed Tommy Lee Jones to even bring him under his wing yeah. in the first movie. So he probably had no plans initially to bring him into the Men in Black, but but he, he chased he down did. the cephalopod on foot. Yeah, but he, yeah, exactly. Chased down the cephalopod on foot and. Uh, End up joining MIB anyway. Yeah. So, which I didn't realize was that Zed Riptorn has died in real life, hence yeah. why he hasn't returned to the franchise. He but died yeah, a few years ago, I think. Yeah, but he yeah. couldn't be in the third one because he robbed the <clears> bank. He, he was drunkly, busy. Yeah. So. Legally, he was busy. <laughs> <laughs> There's some legal issues. But yeah, in summary, I, I enjoyed the movie. So. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go with my favorite character being a younger. Okay. I'm gonna go with Griffin. Oh yeah, being my favorite yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an unusual character. I liked him. Yeah, very, I, I very liked ominous, him. Very ominous. <clears throat> he was like, like how he'd pan off to the camera and be like, "Oh no." Yeah. Or is this the other one? <laughs> if he's not tipped, the waitress. Sort of, yeah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's not that day, and then he walks back in and tips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked him, and also like you know the whole bit where he goes I can't be here for this bit like yeah. you're like okay something's gonna happen yeah so, well he said very, where there is death there will always be death it felt like they were alluding to Will Smith's character dying mm-hmm. which is obviously deliberate so um yeah I liked him too but no I liked I liked seeing kind of like a different version um of Agent K mm-hmm. so like it was nice to see a more I don't know light-hearted softer version yeah like, and like as he said you know that thing hasn't happened yet yeah and it was so heartbreaking you know the mm-hmm. bit that we, we're referring to is he actually sees agent j it was agent j's dad mm-hmm. that, that <clears> essentially <throat> get, gets a bullet and we don't realize it's agent j's dad until it's obviously too late until you see that watch and, um, yeah so like yeah that was quite a touching moment and to see which makes me wonder is that what griffin showed him because so the, that scene is they go down to Cape Canaveral and Griffin is like, listen, the only way to set up this arc net to protect the earth is you got to put it on the moon launch. Like you got to go down to Cape Canaveral. You got to put it on the top of the capsule. It has to leave the atmosphere for it to take effect. And so they're trying to literally break onto <laughs> NASA's property so that they can <laughs> like put this on there. And the uh, sergeant or lieutenant or whatever, the the army guy in charge is like, no, 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 I can't do this. Um, and Griff touches him and then shows him some version of a future 
And then he's like, okay, never mind, guys. I got this. I'm going to take him with me. Um, and so, like, after the film ends, I, I just, like, I've always wondered, what did Griffin show him? And, like, at the top of the elevator, he's like, Jay asked him. And he's like, well, what did he show you? And he's like, he showed me that you're very important. And that's all he said. But, like, yeah. I want to know. I want to know. Did you know that that was your son? Like, did you know that? Yeah. Did, did Griffin show you that? Um, so then... Um... I think the structure of the film, let's talk about the structure. <clears throat> I think it's quite important how they, they, they structured this. <sighs> Obviously, the beginning part we have with Tommy Lee Jones, which sets the foundation, mm-hmm. introduces our villain. And because of Tommy Lee Jones's aloofness as Agent K, again, very similar in style to number two, where he didn't share anything in number two, which allowed the mystery of how to find you know, where, where everything was, et cetera, the light, the universe, whatever they were doing number two. Mm-hmm. It was very much how that sets up the mystery in number three because he didn't share much about the details of what happened the day right. um, with the guy, you know, shot the arm, et cetera, and, you know, they didn't share any real details. And obviously the reason he didn't share any details is because that's when Agent J's father died. And he obviously mm-hmm. never wanted to talk about that because he didn't want to tell his partner that, you know, he actually met him as a boy, et cetera. So... <clears throat> That creates the, the mystery and tone of, of this third one and allows for, like we said, the, the trilogy rule to happen that we find out something we didn't know from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that this structure, sorry, the structure of this movie was actually put together really well. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was, for me, I love it when you get a true trilogy that links back to the original and isn't a lame add-on that had no yeah. plan, it had no planning, <laughs> no nothing, no... Uh, you know Blade 3 X-Men 3 you know just uh, films that I like to pretend terrible. X3 never happened <laughs> I don't mind X3 so much now that Days of Future Past happened so, um, <laughs> I, X3 still works to me I, I didn't mind Days of Future no, Past no no because I know because Days of Future Past <clears> I did X3 oh, okay well in that case yeah. that's why I let go <laughs> I'm like, it's, like a, it's like a what if Ah, I see I see Um, I like the way that the the way that they use um sort of the structure and the writing to just kind of pull you along through this whole film it never to me feels like choppy and it and there are definitely some things that are gratuitous like that whole makeout scene at the very beginning of the film was just stupid and out of line personally but but, you think about the first film it's very much agent k showing Jay the ropes mm-hmm. and this swap this turn is on its head on its head a little bit so yeah Jay is now the more experienced even he says it he's like mm-hmm. I'm I'm the senior I'm the more experienced while whilst you know uh yeah you know, Jay, Jay couldn't care less yeah Kay doesn't really care even in the past he's yeah. still he's still a much stronger presence mm-hmm. but of the two though they are he is the more experienced and it was good to see that dynamic slightly, slightly sli- uh, flipped over. Although, you know, Kay still don't care in the past. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did love, though, in the past was the the motorbikes that they pull out the bottom of their car. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I know, I know, like, that's got nothing to do with the plot. But I love that in the third film, we get a little bit of different technology, yeah. alien technology that they've never seen before. I think that's good as well for the audience to not constantly see the same technology used by the agents. Mm-hmm. So. I, I kind of like the always... jab. He's like, you guys have this in the future. And Will Smith is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. He's probably kept it a secret. Probably. Yeah. 
So, uh, no, I, I just thought this put together really well. Then I, I enjoyed the mystery element of it. Yeah. I think the structure was put together well. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more, than Tom, more of Tommy Lee Jones, but I actually think that, that Josh did a really good version of a younger K. And you know, this made me start thinking, I would have quite happily seen a Men in Black 4 that followed Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah with jo- no, with just Josh, like a follow on <clears throat> following Josh, like as Josh would have got. Because um, you know, in the first film, he had the older guy who was his agent. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we could have maybe met that guy, like, and um, that, or maybe that guy was his partner already, whatever. Like, you know, we could have seen that. That could have been a good follow on from this, but I don't know. They obviously didn't do any of that. So, yeah. I would have been more than happy now having watched this film to see see that go forwards. So now, uh, so like, are you mad at yourself now that you didn't watch it then? Yeah, I think I'd like to have gone to the cinema. I saw the first to the cinema, but I, I didn't go and watch this because I was yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm not doing this. Like, if Tommy Jones isn't in it that much, I'm not bothered. But now I kick myself for having not gone. So, <laughs> like, um, did you have any favorite scenes at all? Um, Honestly, the whole scene when they go and meet Andy Warhol and Andy Warhol is a man in black. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, come on. Seriously? <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I, I actually have to say, I like the the final scene between Tommy Jones and Will Smith in that diner. And <clears throat> Tommy Jones, obviously, he's been holding this secret because they've been mm-hmm. partners for like 15 years or 14 years or something. And he's been holding this secret for like 14, 15 years, knowing that one day, like Will Smith may find out. Yeah. So, and knowing what well, he must have known at some point, Will Smith would go back in time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, I don't know, that was quite t- like a quite touching. And like I say, you know, I love, I love these trilogy things, but I just love the scene between the two of them that Tommy Lee Jones' character sort of softened a little bit at that moment. And then yeah. you find out that it was a completely different relationship from what we expected before that. So, yeah. Um, and that must have been quite weird because even in the second one where he went off and was neuralized, he must have still thought, I'm going to come back one day. So, because he would have known something. Mm-hmm. So, and also, then there's some, some future for himself, like when he decides to go off and retire at the post office. Well, I don't know. Like, obviously, we'll never find out truly. But yeah, I, I liked the whole scene between the two of them. It was very sort of touching and kind of brought that that franchise to a close in a nice way yeah it, it was good that they didn't kill will smith off which i felt they were alluding to so, <laughs> uh, yeah no, i thought it was a nice sort of touching moment between the two characters and just rounded this all out and it actually made it that we didn't need a fourth movie well, yeah fourth it movie, turned oh, it up real nice movie, fourth movie with this cast so. yeah and i think the introduction of emma thompson was clever mm-hmm. she she as O was a. Uh, a different leader, but I, I like her. I know she's got more of a sarcastic uh, yes. presence. She's so, got that stiff upper lip, as you yeah. would say. <laughs> I don't know if we ever say that, but like you don't say it about us. <laughs> we think you know. say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever said stiff upper lip. <laughs> uh, uh, bloody hell, maybe. Uh, yeah, like, you say that one a lot. <laughs> Not a lot, but like I do when I'm trying to not swear. So. <laughs> uh, is there anything you would have changed? Um, cut, cut. Yeah, I, I, added? well, I definitely would have cut the whole sequence with Nicole Scherzinger. Oh, that. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I would have done something different with the villain. I'm not quite sure what, but like, 
I just did not enjoy that character. I also think like whatever whatever mouthpiece they had him wearing as part of his costume really hindered the way that he spoke. And so just like listening to him talk was annoying. I'm so stupid that whole Nicole Scherzinger. Shows, shows he's been in prison for like 30 years. Yeah. So, so, some hot girl shows up with a cake and then you go, yeah, 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 go in and you fight. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know. And also how the hell does she get to the moon? Like, Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. It was weird. When, when I saw her walking in, I was like, Nicole Scherzing is in this film. I yeah. That. that was like was the there. Pussycat Dolls heyday. Yeah. That's probably why she was in there. Yeah, but of course. <laughs> one of my friends um, knows Nicole Scherzing and he's constantly posting pictures of him and her on Facebook. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I'm like, of course you post pictures of her regularly. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, he's a PT and like I think he does um, her uh, well obviously I think her and her partner or whatever he does their um, workouts and stuff like that mm. when she's in the UK so and yeah Pope but he always posts in their hangout pictures so I'm sure I would too if she was hanging out with me uh, so. yeah I would too <laughs> yeah. I totally would if she was around my like, house me and my girl Nicole like, yeah yeah me and Nicole we're just chilling now it's Friday night yeah. Like we, we just put men in black on, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my god, me and Nikki watching movies, eating popcorn. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. They'd be like, why <laughs> everyone would be like, why is every other picture on your social media? You yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then everyone finds out it's all from like one night. <laughs> so like yeah. uh, anyway. Um so yeah, I, I think yeah, I agree with you. That Nicole Scherzinger really threw me off. That whole scene threw me off. And to be honest, it's yeah. so stupid. Like, yeah, you know, really this guy's good. been locked up in a maximum security prison on the moon for like 30 plus years also does girl, that mean that that piece of his thing. body was like not with him for 30 years like did you leave a piece of your body on earth on purpose no, i don't think about that but yeah so yeah cool. um i felt the villain was just very one-dimensional for a yeah, guy the villain was... a grudge yeah for a guy who had a grudge it was just i don't know there's no real surface to that grudge no i mean yeah okay no he shot off his arm get that like yeah 30 but... years 40 years. 40 years, 40 years. Even worse. It's a long time. Like, you know, yeah, let it go, man. Let it go. That, he just held a grudge. For, I mean, no one holds a grudge for 40 years. Come well, on. I mean, really, like, do people some people do, do. That? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, what would you rate this film? Um, This one, today's rating, I'd actually give this one a four. As I never saw it previously, I can't say what I would have given it. Yeah. I... I give this a four, actually. I really enjoyed this film. When it finished, yeah. I was like, I was actually shocked. I was like, I liked this film. Yeah, it's it was surprisingly good. And and then, like, realizing how good it is, because it's been a long time since I've seen the third one, I was like, now I can see why it made more money than the first one. Like, it mm-hmm. it just had a lot of heart. It really did. So, there you go. Men in Black so, 3. Another film I have not seen. Although I start, sorry, I did start it a couple of times and just never really jumped on me. Wonder why. <sighs> I was going to carry on that sentence while I'll wait. So. <laughs> Men in Black International, 2019. So based on the Men in Black by Lowell Cunningham. Written by Art Marcoum and Matt Holloway. Directed by F. Gary Gray. What a name. I shame his name isn't G. Gary Gray. Oh, <laughs> um, we could own it about three Gs. All right, starring Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, Rebecca Ferguson, um, Camille Nanjani. <clears throat> no, sorry, I was actually sorry, but I was a bit choked up there. Not, not because I can say the name. 
Uh, Raph Spell. Spell. He is, he is Timothy Spall's son. So he is the son of Peter Pettigrew. Oh, okay. Larry Bourgeois. Laurent Bourgeois and Larry Bourgeois. Bourgeois. Emma Thompson and Liam Nielsen. So I'm fair. I look, before we even start, look, I like Chris Hemsworth. I like Tess Thompson. I like Rebecca Ferguson. I like Liam Nielsen. I like Emma Thompson. Not as familiar with the others, but I still like them all in the movie. This movie was released 14th June 2019. Sort of digits there. Um, running time is 115 minutes. Budget was 110 million. Didn't do very well. Uh, it made 253.9 million US dollars. But it also had half the budget of three. Well, I mean, I don't, the thing is, that's the budget to make the film, right? So, like, say they spent like 70, 80 million on marketing. Mm, on top of all that, yeah. Yeah. It basically didn't make it. Oh, yeah. This one was a flop. Definitely. In summary, to keep everyone safe, decorated Agent H and determined rookie M join forces, an unlikely pairing. That just might work. When, alien, when aliens that can take the form of any human arrive on Earth, H&M embark on a globetrotting adventure to save the agency and ultimately the world from their mischievous plans. So, dun, dun, dun. Oh, a question. Was this movie a flop? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you say? What say you? Uh, so obviously looking at budget-wise, it's a flop. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, sorry, how much made back is a flop. Comparing the money... To 2012's movie, it was definitely a flop. Well, it is definitely the worst performing of the entire franchise by over 200 million. I think what they should have done, in putting my thoughts on paper, was take a a re- reboot style that has been successful. Look at the uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. It was basically a remix of episode four while still incorporating original cast as well as introducing newbies and having newbies work with old bees so what i think you know i, I know it's not a word so like, it is now uh, like, yeah, it is now uh having them work with legacy characters so what might have been better to his hat to to have had potentially Tessa Thompson working with, say, Will Smith throughout mm. his movie. And this could have been Will Smith's last franchise, like movie. Mm-hmm. He could have been brought back as Jay. And it could have been very similar to when um, Kay's partner finished at the end of, sorry, in the opening scene of the first movie, you know, the guy with the moustache and sat down, like, look, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm off, etc. It could have been actually a nice little heartbreaking moment to have Tessa Thompson and Will Smith sit down together after she's been off the desk in New York and then had Will Smith sit down and said, like, this is my last mission. You know, maybe maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's met someone, maybe he's, or maybe he's going to go off and meet someone or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you could have even had a second film, if it was successful, have a cameo from Tom, maybe even Tommy Lee Jones is the new Z. So that, that would have been cool as well. So, and he could have just, like, look at Emma Thompson, she only had two scenes in, like, the whole film. If you ask Tommy Lee Jones to come back and be Zed for two scenes um, mm. in the first film, and maybe come and he does two scenes in the second film, people would have been on board with that, right? So, um, 
they could have just said, you know, Emma Thompson potentially could have even ran the British branch and something or whatever, or she could have been born at the end to run the British branch. And actually, yeah, that's cool. Well, I've just thought of it now. Uh, Emma Thompson. Emma <laughs> we are Thompson, rewriting this movie on the fly. Emma, Emma Thompson could have been brought over. So Emma Thompson could have been running New York. And, and then she takes over for Liam Neeson. She takes over, takes over from Liam Nielsen. So she's now, that's kind of like her scene, the first mm-hmm. film. And then they bring, and then the very end scene, they bring back Tommy Lee Jones, who's been on assignment, and he's now the new Zed, uh, running the New York one. And that's how they, we end up seeing him in the second rebooted franchise. And she, he becomes Emma Tom, um, becomes um, Tessa Thompson's boss in the second film that's obviously never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then Emma Tom, um, Tessa Thompson's character carries over to the second film, and then we meet her new partner in the new film, who I wouldn't have made Chris Hemsworth at all. I would have given her somebody else. But that would have been, see, I think that would have been much better to have had a reboot where you've got legacy characters with the new cast. Now, so the, they were running with, everybody is so hot on Chris Hemsworth right now, so we're going to go ahead and put him as the face of the franchise, and people are going to love it. That's that's how that meeting went, and it backfired in their faces. So, <clears throat> After my flop and rewritten theory, I don't know why they don't let more people who actually watch films have an input. So, I know. What do you know? know? They're not interested in making movies. They're interested in making money. I know. I know. Anyway, so my thoughts on this film it was awful and it was terrible and it was shit. Wow. (laughs) Those are are all very specific words in like a certain. Level yeah. of the spectrum there. What I didn't like about it was two things specifically. Okay. Chris Hemsworth. Those are the two things. Yeah, yeah. Both of them well, are Chris yeah, Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are the okay. Wow. Well, uh, what is, what is the problem with short hair Thor? What 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 is what uh, is the issue? Was Thor in Men in Black? He and what I now realise is that Chris Hemsworth plays Chris Hemsworth. He is unfortunately not a man with range. And this film has unfortunately shown him up to be an actor with very limited acting skills, I would say. Prove me wrong, I'm welcome to it. Now, I would but, say I don't necessarily disagree with you, but could it be that he has been typecast into these kinds of roles because they seem to be so well received? And his agent needs to step up and say no. Well, that's so, what he's trying to do with Thor. Look at Matthew McConaughey. It worked for him. So he needs to start saying no. Like he needs to put his foot down and say, no, I ain't doing that shit anymore. I want to do serious stuff. I want to go do true detective. Like I want to go Well, he did do- um oh my god, what is that movie called? Uh One Night at the Royal or something, where he played like this cult leader, this really violent cult leader. Uh Dakota Fanning was in it, Jeff Bridges was in it. I'm prepared <sighs> to give it a go and see if see if I'm the crew wrong. He was in the Ghostbusters Afterlife, playing the same character as Thor, and playing the same character in this movie. I, I've yet to see, I, I look, I'm not a massive Chris Hemsworth fan. Actually, do you know what? The original uh, Star Trek, where Chris Pine is the uh, Pike, mm-hmm. he was played Chris Pike's uh, um, father. Dad, dad, dad for like, I don't know, five minutes. That was a much more serious role. I could get behind him playing something like that. Maybe this is the trouble. He's not been offered these roles. So he goes to type. Mm-hmm. 
he he needs to be braver as a person and start saying, I ain't going to do this anymore. I know he's saying it about four, so we'll see. But I, I, I just felt like I was just watching four with a gun and a suit. Yeah. And it was just the same. And I just didn't, I didn't like it. I thought Tessa Thompson, though, was lovely. I really, really loved her story, her origin story of being a little kid, uh, essentially not getting um, uh, zapped and neuralized, and her actually wanting to be in the Men in Black and mm-hmm. seeing her go from the FBI to the CIA. Yeah. And, and Can you imagine so, like being accepted and then turning those agencies down? Like, nah, circ- that's circling, not what I want. <laughs> circling her own box saying, no, no, I yeah. want this job. I want the other, other job. Yeah. You know? I, I want the job that doesn't exist. Yeah. So I, I loved her spunk. I thought she was great. I'll be honest, Tess Thompson also playing equally something very similar to what we saw in the four franchise, but I was okay with it with her. So, because she was new, she was excited, you know, she, she, this is her dream of over 20 years to try and find the men in black. And mm-hmm. I loved how her whole, she was ready to go. She even had the black suit on, on underneath her clothing. She mm-hmm. was waiting for this day. Like she, this is all she wants to do is find the men in black. And I, I loved her, I don't know, just, spunk and determination to find the men in black and she was just i know i loved it all that she put in but i i didn't really enjoy much else about this film unfortunately so uh. to me this one feels um i think the only way that i can describe it is it feels very much like the times like there's so many films like this at that time like it just it felt so generic nothing stood out like because it's the fourth in a franchise like even the technology doesn't feel new anymore um and they tried to put in some new things we got some like the way that the car worked and how there were all these hidden compartments with weapons that was kind of cool but like Mm. otherwise there wasn't there wasn't like this introduction of new technology there wasn't an introduction of like how things are working differently over in london versus what we've been used to about how things work in new york like they didn't introduce anything new to the mythos. And so it's just kind of like, what are you, so, so what are we doing here? Like, you're, you're just kind of like riding the coattails of the rest of the franchise. Like you don't bring anything new to the page to me. Yeah. It was literally, they modeled it after the first, after the the first three, Mm -hmm. but just thought like, I think like you just said, they were attempting to start their own, probably their new trilogy Mm-hmm. They were going with the fact that Tommy Jones and Will Smith were big names when this happened, uh, when sorry, when Men in Black One happened. Will Smith, I think we said this last week. Will Smith was like big shit, but like when this came out, you know, he was a big name. Yep. Like you know, stick his name on anything. He was like almost like a rock back then, you know. Yeah, put Will Smith, definitely. Put Will, Smith, put Will Smith's name on it, it'll sell. So back then, anyway. I think they were going exactly the same thing. They kind of just ripped off a script on one, two, or three, shoved it together. Right, who can we get? Chris Hemsworth, Tess Thompson, they sell movies, stick them on. So, yeah. Uh, and they did, unfortunately. Didn't deliver. So. Yeah. I, I just, it, this one is utterly forgettable. Like you've got uh, Camille and Ginny, and like his character as, what do they call them? Pawnee. Um, he, he to me also plays very similar characters in everything that he's in um and but like it's like is this supposed to be like a replacement for frank or a replacement for the worms like do we do we have to have some kind of odd 
shaped talking alien thing that's like a sidekick in every film like i love the fact they got frank was at the beginning very very briefly yeah. sitting was, yeah sitting with the door guard i swear it wasn't his voice though it didn't oh, probably not yeah but it was meant to be frank so um yeah. did you have a favorite character in the film um was it frank no <laughs> favorite character i'm probably gonna have to give that one to liam neeson I I thought that he 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 felt like he wasn't quite phoning it in but he was like on the border of mm-hmm. phoning it in but like I just kind of appreciated it. <laughs> it's just like like I show up they tell me to be here from this time to this time I'm here I'm doing it like and I'm out. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gave off that vibe and i just like really appreciated it that he was just like i'm just here for the paycheck he didn't really put in much effort he was very like yeah, one, yeah, one, yeah, he yeah. was very one note uh i'll be honest with you i'm gonna stick with the other the character i did like molly i think she was probably my yeah. favorite uh you know i, was I mean she's really... the only one that actually had personality everybody else was very just like but i lo- i do have to say i do like Tessa Thompson's smile, like that is very appealing. Her, she, I don't know, quite. She seems quite adorable. I imagine she's quite nice in real life. So. <laughs> and what I, I do don't believe she's a one note actor as well. If you watch Westworld, so um, I've not seen her in Westworld. Have you ever seen Annihilation? No. You should watch Annihilation. Is that with um, Natalie Portman? Yeah, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Yes, it is not- so weird. It is one of the weirdest films I've ever seen, but it was really good. She's very good in Annihilation. Tessa Thompson. Okay, let's talk about the structure of this movie. What structure? <laughs> what? There, there is it, none. It's it's a mess. It's all over the place. Yeah. The, the script is weak as shit. Um, what would I have cut? I think we talked, we talked about this at the beginning. I would we would Chris have Hemsworth. rewritten the whole movie. I mean, I would, obviously. Have got, I would have got rid of Chris Hemsworth. I would have brought in Will, <laughs> I would have brought in Will Smith. Sorry, Chris. Our apologies. <laughs> I would have, I, Chris, I would have like made you go and help them write the script of four, one, and two, and four. So it uh, would have been better spent time spent <laughs> working over there. Or four, or four, Chris Hemsworth, you could have spent more time building your app, you know, your little workout. Could have done a few more oh <laughs> you know, people always give me a lot of shit because when, when it comes to talking about the Hemsworth brothers, I have always been of the mindset that Liam is the best actor of the bunch. Hmm. And everybody's all like, no, no, no. There's no way that Liam is better than Chris. And I'm like, I'm telling you, Liam is the best actor in the in the bunch. Okay. Liam is definitely better than Chris. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling. Just you saying. know what they should do? They should put Chris Hemsworth in Deadpool 3 because apparently everybody's going to be in that film. So they may as well stick him in there. I still like, Yeah, why not? Well, so. <laughs> Thor and Deadpool together would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, do you know what they should do? Because oh. CCU don't know what they're doing. They should make Chris Hemsworth Green Lantern. No, no. They should make Chris Hemsworth Booster Gold. Oh, yeah, that would be actually really funny. My God. he Okay, now, honestly, he would be really good as Booster Gold. He because he has that sarcastic Thor asshole kind of vibe. Yeah, exactly. He'd be really good as Booster. Come on. Yeah, yeah, he's got boots of gold written all over him. Okay, DC, you're welcome. So, no, not how Jordan Green Lantern, Guy Gardner. Oh, Guy Gardner's such a dick. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) He'd play that well. 
No, I'm going to give him booster gold. I, I would, I would, if, if we're going to pull Thor into DCEU, I'm putting Thor in as booster. Okay. Sure. Let, you, whoever is listening, you got to let us know what you think. Like if Chris Emsworth comes over to the DCEU, would he be a better booster gold or would he be a better guy gardener? Let us know. <laughs> I want to know. I want to yeah. talk about it. So yeah, in short, I, I would have rewritten this entire film. I, I would have oh, just done so much. I would have somehow. There's no payoff with this film. Like, that's the really frustrating part. It's like there's there's no payoff. Oh, yeah, we no, sit no, through no. two she, hours she, of this movie and it's just like there's a payoff. She got made from probationary agent to, to full-time agent. Mark, that is not a payoff. Stop talking. <laughs> like, um, like anyway. seriously, nothing happens. And it's like well, you saw the whole ending coming because at the from the very beginning of the film, it's like, oh, well, we saved the world with nothing but our wits and our Series 7 whatever, whatever gun. And it's kind of like, oh, but what does that mean? And obviously that's like well, a they've been hinting as well because they said there's something wrong with him. They said a few times. Yeah. Stuff like that, so. But um, even that payoff sucks. I know. Do you know what I was hoping it was going to be? That he wasn't. So you know how he was very jokey throughout most of the film? Yeah, I was hoping that actually that wasn't his character that he was going to turn out to be quite serious, like somehow, oh. like, like I wondered because he was so lighthearted and the clubbing yeah. and all the rest of it. I thought it was going to be that somehow somebody had sort of, I don't know, was controlling him, him or something. Yeah, 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 something like that. And he didn't realize maybe he'd been um, uh, neuralized. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but, but I, I mean, he, obviously, he was neuralized. Yeah, it wasn't realized, but I wondered if I, I kept thinking, oh, has he been brainwashed into this jokey character? Yeah, um, by one of these people that have been mysterious i knew it was either going to be liam nielsen or agency mm-hmm. um i assumed it probably was liam nielsen but because it was quite obviously not going to be c even yeah. though they kept trying to imply it was c it was not c yeah uh, and so i i just thought like oh it's going to turn out that actually he's quite a serious dude but like at the end he's going to be unbrainwashed and turn out as a very serious agent like a bit like tommy d jones and then actually that wasn't the payoff at all it was just nope. that the night the night he thought he killed off those aliens he hadn't more of the same um, yeah yeah so yeah that was a terrible payoff and the other bit i didn't like was when the other three films ended they always had this weird thing like a marble or a locker or a meteorite this kind of ended yeah um, i think there's no weird thing at the end yeah um and I, I think know, that's maybe maybe people did, maybe, maybe people wouldn't have got that joke now, but like I was like, oh, there's no weird thing at the end. It's yeah, fine. but like that's what makes Men in Black so cool is because Men in Black, the original franchise or the original trilogy, is always there to remind you like how small you are in comparison to what else is out there. Whereas mm. this one is just kind of like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. I if they're trying to appeal to a new audience, a younger audience, I have no idea. But this film just felt incomplete it felt like a lot of random pieces kind of glued together it just it, there, it's not cohesive and again there's no payoff so like you get to the very end and it's supposed to be this big climactic moment where they finally defeat the monster and it's just like but nothing changes like he doesn't get his memory back we still don't have an explanation as to what the hell happened back you know 10 years ago or however long ago it was like nothing is explained so i'm curious what would you rate the movie uh, this one I give a one and a half. So I, I've got two ratings here. I give Tessa Thompson on her own a four out of five. And she <laughs> did pretty well. She carried this film. Um, <laughs> okay. she, really, she was really strong. Her acting skills <laughs> and dynamic. And her Mark is applying and her to appeal. be the head of the Tessa Thompson fan <laughs> club. <laughs> uh, but the movie itself, unfortunately, is a one out of five. 
Oh, wow. You went even lower than uh, me. A one. Okay. Yeah. So, well, sorry, not sorry, but like we just did not enjoy Men in Black I like International. <laughs> I, like the, I like the first three. One and three especially. Two was okay. Now, one, I will say, really there. Four, even though I gave this really one bad. a lower rating, I still <clears throat> enjoyed watching it more than I enjoyed watching two. No, I put six to four. But at least two made sense in, in like the grand scheme of MIB stuff. This one, this one, not so much. So that's it for regular episodes this year. You can join us next week. <sighs> so for our third annual Christmas book club special, where we'll be covering Scott Pilgrim 3. Look, guys, <clears throat> apologies here. We didn't do a single book club all year. Uh, we slacked. We'll get know. back to it. We're going to bring them back next year. We apologize. We did say in January we're going to bring them back, and then we just didn't bring them back. And... Yeah. Life. We got busy. It just, you know, time gets away from you, but we're doing it. We're doing it next it year. All, it was all my fault. Right? And, um, so, right? um, we are going to bring them back. We, ha- we are <clears throat> in early behind the scenes discussions about bringing uh-huh. them back in some way or shape or form. We're working but on what that we looks knew, like. We knew we couldn't finish the year, though, without bringing Scott Pilgrim Volume 3 into the mix. Right. So two years ago, we did Scott Pilgrim Volume 4 with Robbie. Last year we did Scott, Scott Pilgrim Volume Two with Robbie, and then we realised that we're making Scott Pilgrim a Christmas special. Yes, and it's back. So <clears throat> the book club is back. We'll be recording it, and you'll be seeing it next Wednesday, and that that will be it for our final episode. Mm-hmm. So we are also next Sunday going to go live on Instagram. At yes, come before. hang. 11 p.m. GMT, which is 6 p.m. EST, and you can work out the rest from there. So we're going to be on Instagram under the Geeks Unleashed um, brand. Yep. So come watch live. We may pull you up if we fancy it and uh, or if you fancy it. We're going to be doing a bit of a end-of-year wrap-up, hang out, yep. have, a, have a, a drink, a Coke, a water, a beer, whatever your preference yep. is. Whatever uh, makes you happy. And... Um, <laughs> Jump up, say hello. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have we've already got some people that are gonna rotate, jump up and shout their favorite comic movie game, whatever. Yeah. We're also currently pulling <clears> together <throat> our own um we're kind of doing a bit of a poll. We've sort of sort of sucked some polls up and we're gonna we're gonna run the, the finalists on there as well. But we just want to say thanks as well for spending time with Geeks on this year. Uh, yes. we've got to meet some awesome folks in our comic community. Uh, for myself, obviously, I travelled to New York and met Jasmine for the first time in April, and I met some people from the Bad Batch, which we are now part of. Yes, way. we are. Uh, uh, so the Bad Batch is an online community of people that create their own content. So we met Fable and Big Herm, and we met Kay from what was formerly known as the Paperbacks and Soundtrack Podcast. Uh, we've also got to guest on other people's platforms throughout the year, and they've guested on ours. So just want to thank like our listeners, our guests, and we're back in 2023 for our regular book club, uh, well, regular-ish book club and our normal Geeks Unleashed episodes. So 108 will be back first week or two in Jam, and we will return with a sort of, um, first episode will be a kind of like a preview of preview what of we're looking year. forward to for 2023. Yeah, something like that. So, and uh, we may have some guests join us. As I just said a minute ago, we are Geeks Unleashed everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast: Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five star review and tell your geeky friends. Uh, happy Christmas, Merry New Year, and thanks again.
for another fun geeky year so thanks for listening and (laughs) look guys have a good christmas and um we really do appreciate it stick with us yeah thanks y'all thank you very much good journey